Who'll pay reparations on my soul? Well, would you look at that? It's Ergo. Hey, hello, everybody. I'm Kiss. You are. I'm Damon. And we're we're in the midst of a morning recording, which is a dangerous, dangerous game for us. Beware. But we're making it through, and it's almost noon, and then we can actually <laughs> sound like ourselves. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, uh, what we do here is we showcase the folks reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. We have a great episode for you today with rapper, librarian, fascinating individual, Roy Kinsey. Um, but first, uh, let's uh, let's do some announcing. You got anything to announce? Hey, community. Mm-hmm. I love you. Aww. That is my announcement. <laughs> that was very like uh, like Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> you I'm did not it. even familiar with the reference, but I'll take it. You don't know Barney? Barney. Oh, yeah. I thought you said Barty the Dinosaur. <laughs> That's like a, like a bootleg Barney? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, um, I know that guy, Barney. What's up? You familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go way back? Uh-huh. What up, family? <laughs> that was a show that my father hated. <laughs> My dad could not stand Barney. It wasn't for him. No. <laughs> he was definitely not the target demographic. He felt left out. <laughs> I think he thought it was it was uh, playing to the lowest common denominator. Uh, the children were smarter than Barney was giving them credit for. Uh, we'll have to have him on and talk about that's that. That's fair. But for now, let's get to our great conversation. A couple things up top. First of all, Ergo alum, Eve Ewing is launching a podcast. This is not in any way affiliated with us, but I just wanted to give her a shout out. It's Big called news. Bug House Square. It's with WFMT. And basically what she's doing is taking pieces from Stud Circle's archive and then talking about them uh, and having new guests on to talk about what they were talking about back then. So you can subscribe to it now. They just dropped the first episodes. Definitely check out Eve's new show. And then also tonight, that's October 11th, is a conversation with Dolores Huerta, who is one of the, like her and Cesar Chavez basically built UFW. Um, and that's in Evanston. It's put together by Northwestern, but tickets are available to the public. So definitely go through. And, and she's a captivating speaker and really an amazing example of how to build the life in organizing. Um, and then also tonight, uh, one of my favorite comics, Hari Kondabolu, is coming back to Chicago. He's performing at Talia Hall. So if you can get over the moral quandary of giving money to Talia Hall, mm. you can go see one of my favorite comedians um that's all i got write us a review follow us on everything at ergo radio i'm at ergo kiss damon underscore af and without further ado let's get to our conversation with the wonderful roy kinsey let's do it we just go to sleep to the office so it's like just on rotation yeah at Mm. all times so like i'm pretty like crisp (laughs) when it gets brought up, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you've ever dreamed about Dunder Mifflin? <laughs> Probably, but I'll be high, so I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very special guest here in the studio with us. I'm really glad, even though it is the earliest I think we've ever recorded an episode. That might be a fact. That might be some ergo history. Mm. So that's something to, just a feather in your cap. <laughs> Thank you. Good um, morning. We're yeah. really excited to have... Uh, Roy Kinsey here. Put up, put up, put up. <laughs> Thank you. Ah! Yeah. I'm a little horse today, <laughs> and I couldn't make my horse. Move. <laughs> I, I am yeah. a little horse. Uh huh. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. Already. <laughs> Did you know that many people think that ponies are just baby horses? 
And do you think that ponies are just baby horses? Mm. <laughs> you you kind of le- led with the answer there. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to put him on. The, I didn't want to like, put you on the spot. Absolutely not. <laughs> a librarian. So, so, no, I actually thought that. So that it was a pony. I don't think much about ponies, so I don't think I've thought about this really at all. <laughs> I don't think they don't but then, much, even when you told me that, what's wrong with It's you? not a baby horse. It's a dwarfed horse. Um, it's just a different I think species. I still, it's just a different species. Yeah. That's kind of throw me. I off. don't think I thought ponies were real. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen like ponies, it's like a it like, like a, a unicorn. Mad, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's a it's like a mule donkey situation well, here. Real. I think it's like a. It's not like a, a, a dwarf. <sighs> so then I, re- what, I regret bringing this. So up. then, what are baby horses? <laughs> Foals. Okay. The name for a baby horse is a foal. Okay. I can use it in a sentence. I just did. W- what about an adolescent horse? Is there? Do you just go from foal to horse? Full, from full to full? Yeah, all right. We got to get back on track. Yeah, let's start this. <laughs> let's hey. start the way we actually like to try <laughs> yeah, yeah, to start yeah, yeah. our episodes, um, <laughs> which is with a two-part question. Mm-hmm. In this time, in this moment, in this season, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world, Roy Kinsey? Oh, beautiful, beautiful question. The um, The world as in the earth? Or the world as in the universe. You get to define. I've what been that feeling. Means. What is your world? What is the world to you? you yeah. Know, well, the, it's part of the exercise. Hmm. Um. I've been feeling especially connected, and so I think I've been treating the world. I've been treating the world very well. Um. By understanding myself better, and mm. and realizing that I'm not like separate from you know, separate from the world. And so being more specific is <laughs> me uh, is me really being able to be in alignment with, like, creating and making art and, like, you know, writing music, recording music, right? Like, there's a special place that I'm in that I've never been in before. <laughs> and that's how I, that's my worship is what I'm finding. And so uh, there are a lot of things that are being re- redefined in my life there's a lot of relationships that are being redefined in my life. And, um, you know, as many times as we know and we hear people talk about, like, uh, how how things change yeah. when you, you know, kind of get into that space, um, I think I still prioritize this thing, which is, like, creating music and, and going more into that, um, really despite what may what may happen. Yeah. And so, and, 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 uh, you know, the other side of that question is, um, I really do feel like the world is kind of like opening up and embracing me, you know, um, and, and kind of like rewarding me, you know, in this abundant way for, for finally, mm-hmm. uh, being honest and true mm-hmm. to like all of myself. So, so that redefinition process that you, have named as experiencing is it like for lack of a better word kind of like cosmic or just like do you, do you find it happening around you or did you actively have the conscious decision of oh i need to redefine the human and other relationships that happen in my life like right was it an active thing or is it something that has like emerged in your life at this time uh the active part is the is the is the me right is the like you know, this is what you can and should be doing. Okay. And then things kind of, um, you know, balance out or shift uh, according to that. And so 
one of the things that I talk about often is like um, when I was in the very early stages of making Blackie, I was deciding that I wasn't going to like drink anymore Hmm. and um, told myself, (laughs) which sounds very- Where you turned, like when you, uh, from where did you stop drinking from like- uh, every weekend, a multiple time. Oh, like, you, were you yeah, a Wednesday, Thursday drunk? I was like a Thursday through Saturday, Sunday mm-hmm. person. Like, Thursday, you know, you like watch Scandal and shit. It's like, <laughs> she's pouring like massive glasses of wine. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the bottle in like that cup. <laughs> yeah. There should be a study about that. Cause I've been hearing about that for like a decade of like, just increased wine consumption on Thursdays. Sure, dude. sure. I mean, that's a thing. That's a, I was watching it, and you knowing it, it was happening. You could get it across the board. You got that on Skindle. And then on the other side, just like many, many, many guys watching Mad Men and pouring scotch <laughs> yes. at the exact same time. Yes. Smoking cigarettes. Like, yeah, you, you're like, huh, I want to be having that same experience right now. Yeah. Media, yeah, media and television and these shows are so, so powerful. It's like I went to school for this and still watch it. And like, yeah, this is happening right now. Pouring, <laughs> like this is happening. <laughs> um, uh, and so... That was, you know, that w- the whole drinking thing was very much attached to my art, my performance, as mm. well as my, like, social life. Right, right. And so I was very, I was shook in making the decision, like, who am I going to be? Because yeah. so much of my identity is kind of, like, wrapped up um, uh, in drinking and in socializing in this way. You know, our culture, as far as, like, gay folks is pretty much born in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, literally. It kind of goes together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, who am I outside of this, outside mm. of this, like, party culture? You know, mm-hmm. who right. am I? Which is, um, if you come see a live performance of of, uh, of Blackie, it's, that's something that, one of the questions that I pose, I pose is like, who am I? You know, it's like redefining myself. Mm-hmm. Like, when I take away all these things that, that, are done building me. This was really, really cool and really, really fun like throughout uh, college and my 20s. But now uh, life is asking me to be a different Roy. And the things that I want are asking me to be a different right. Roy, right? And so I was basically like, all right, you could, you know, just just try not drinking for a little bit. And if your life is terrible, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I promise you drinking Which, will. There you know. are no examples of that being what happens yeah. when you stop drinking. Right, but that just and tells so you. many people, that's their thought is everything's going to fall apart. Meanwhile, things tend to be falling apart around when you are. Yeah. You, you change your brain chemistry so much so that that's a logical thought. Right. That that's your logical thought. Yeah. Like why would your how would your life ever be worse? Hmm. You know, by eliminating this this toxin. And no shade, no, you know, no, no, there are real. people that yeah, can yeah. like really drink responsibly and have a have a really really great time. I just never seen the points, you know. Yeah. I was just like not a moderate <laughs> person. I'm like I thought we were Something. here to Turn it up, yeah, you know? Yeah. But I, I love uh, the idea of what you said of like... The, it's also expensive. That, that is well. That's the thing that... I'm yeah. sorry. No, che- <laughs> cheapness supersedes all. <laughs> that's the thing that we do Because like, I, I, you know, I I, I just... Was, we, we were chilling with my dad last night and I was like saying, like, I never... I didn't make a conscious decision like of I'm stopping because I still will have a drink, sure. you know, but like drinking just isn't as much a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it costs too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Especially funny, at a so bar. True. Like that's... Like bar drinking, I now that I never understand. Yeah, hmm. yeah. You're paying for the ambiance. That I'm more likely to do that than at. Well, I don't know. I think uh, the 
the money that you're spending there. It's like going to. I guess if you go to coffee shops, you go to like you're, you're paying, paying for, for a the, roof for the for a room, <laughs> a room that is controlled, that is a certain volume and a certain amount of energy. I mean, for you, so what was it for you? That for a decade, though. yeah. So what was that experience that kept you coming to it? And then as you stepped away from it, what kind of emerged in its place? Mm. Uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, just just a. a it started, I think, as a social thing, right? And we're also conditioned in, into it, right? We're, we're conditioned into um, going into these spaces like this is what you do at this age. You turn 21, you're allowed. Yeah. Now you're allowed to go to clubs. And so uh, you go to your, you, you know, you go to clubs with your friends and you have that bonding experience, that bonding moment. It, it just began, uh, it started to turn into, I was feeling like an escapism. Like mm-hmm. now you're at a point where you are, um, you know, trying to get away from something and you haven't even um, tried to develop healthy coping things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like life is going to present you a bunch of things, you know, trauma being one of them, um, you know, childhood issues, you know, or something immediate, a yeah. breakup or just whatever. We just carry. like just the yeah. thing. Yeah, things that we carry, things that just happen, right? Like you're, you are... A, an entire human, right? Mm-hmm. With with a with a chakra system, with all of these things, with energy, and you are equipped to um healthily cope with things. Hmm. But I don't think that we exercise that power very much. We don't even know our, our right. power. Well, that's very the other thing. Much, we just right? don't see the examples of how to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, some stillness or some quiet time or some right. writing. You know, mm-hmm. all these healthy things that you can, you know, help you through these situations. But I'm like, no, this pain is like too, too much. And I haven't even been taught how to do this, this yeah. thing. So I'm a, like, I need a substance to kind of like help me, help mm-hmm. me through this and like be under an influence. And like, that's what it was. Um, turning into that's what it felt like it was turning into like hmm. this is no longer fun and and I said I wasn't going to do this last weekend hmm. and then I did this again hmm. like, okay. so being able to have that distance to look at these patterns in your life and be like whether I'm ready to break the pattern or not at least I can see the pattern is not the direction I want to be going in yeah. so you, you said that like um, when you stopped it was you know in order the things that you wanted to be doing we're calling basically for you to stop. That's a very like poetic way to to say it. And I wonder like how, is that how you were thinking about it at the time of like, I want to get to here and this is stopping me or was it more of this just like, I don't feel okay type thing? Uh, at first was, I didn't feel okay. It was a, it was a multitude of things. One yeah. of them was like, I, it didn't, you know, I just didn't feel okay and I wasn't happy and I was, you know, um, battling like crazy anxiety uh, during hangovers. And then I'm getting older, so the mm-hmm. hangovers are not going away like they used no, to. It's not, it's not cute no more. <laughs> it's not cute. <laughs> it's not cute. Like, this is taking me too long. You know, this is, and this is taking my life force. This is taking, yeah. you know, the thing that I'm I'm here for, first of all. Um, secondly, I knew that I kind of like had a talent, but not anything like what, I was able to do with Blackie and what I'm able hmm. to do with Moroy and all that. I hadn't even tapped into it yet. And I, and this is something that's on my mind every day. Yeah. I think about rap every day. I think <laughs> about music every day. Mm-hmm. And um, hmm. the fact that I wouldn't exhaust that, right, and try to do it as best I could was 
very interesting to me. Like the things that I was writing while I was drinking, um, I was over it in a week. Hmm. And I'm like, so this is boring, right? Yeah. And like, you know, Kendrick drops to Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, I'm <laughs> so you know, happy that this exists, yeah. and I'm very upset at very Kendrick. Challenged. Like, I'm very, like almost yeah. embarrassed. I'm like, offended. <laughs> it was so good. Like that was there that whole time on, on behalf it's, of rappers everywhere. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. And you put right? it together. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so good, and it's just like, how will you make something? You have a, you're challenged here. Like, are you going to try to make something that satisfies you? You know, not mm-hmm. to stand next to to Pepper Butterfly, but like, yeah, you know, can you? Make something and say that you that that was the best that I could do at the moment, mm. um, and, and so, that's what Blackie felt like. That's what yeah, the album yeah. felt like. That's what the album. That's what the album felt like. Especially you know after I that was that thing right where you're like I'll I'll lay this thing down. I'll sacrifice this yeah. to get that <laughs> right. It was it was very that like I'll trade you all the alcohol yeah, <laughs> for yeah. my art. Right. So, so you know I definitely I, I want to continue talking about how. This, you know, it's an act of power to make a choice like that, right? To change your patterns um, and how that affected your internal process. I want to keep that conversation going, but I also want to add in, you know, you mentioned redefining relationships. So mm-hmm. both socially, more, you know, personally, like not just kick it, and then also all all aboard, you know, or not yes. all aboard. Air going to AM, man. This is, this, is rough. <laughs> this is rough. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, in addition to the internal process and your your creativity, how did making you know a choice such as you know removing alcohol or being more healthy mm-hmm. redefine or reshape your relationships? Uh, of course, you know you really start to understand how you're spending time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And how you're spending energy, right? Yeah. And I used to feel so bad early on um, not drinking because I was just kind of like, you know, a lot of my friends want to gather in this way mm-hmm. or in the place that we used to. So it's making you feel especially challenged because it's like you're changing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're changing or you're you're not valuing our relationship because this is what we did you know all of right. it sounds asinine now, but no, then but these are very, very like huge. Yeah, this is concerns. an anxiety. Were space you projecting space. it? <laughs> Were you projecting it or actually receiving that? Were you hearing and feeling that from people? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was hearing it and feeling it, and hearing, hearing it and feeling it, and also projecting it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm changing, and what does this mean? You know, I still think about it sometimes, like the fact that um, some spaces just don't makes sense for me anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense yeah. for me anymore. And that's just what growing up is. And that's what growing pains are. Um, and you think about that as a kid, like that's not like we go from grade to grade because it's not like the grade appropriate thing anymore. Mm-hmm. But then you become an adult and there's just the structures you have to make them for themselves. I mean, I have to yourself. pass myself. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. I never even thought about it like yeah. that. Yeah, yes. you are You are now your principal. A lot of people out here flunking themselves. <laughs> it's so funny. Holding yourself back. Yo, oh, man. That's kind of deep. Two, I don't know when. This is 2018. I graduated. For <laughs> <laughs> those right. of you listening in the future. Just a check. Just a check. Mm-hmm. Um, what day is it? Oh, it's 2018. <laughs> so I graduated with my MLIS a couple years ago. And Which for the for the acronym aficionados is a museum of library science. Is that correct? 
master's in librarian information That's science. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not an aficionado, but I'm, I'm in a program for that. Yeah. That's good. yeah. <laughs> so you so you graduated with that with that degree, you said a couple years ago? Yeah. And so it was so funny because I realized that I've been in school this this whole time. Hmm. Like a great part of my life. Mm-hmm. I've been in school. I've been having somebody else to like pass mm-hmm. me through, right? Mm-hmm. Pass me through life. And and no shade. You I I love um Love school and education. Obviously. Feel free to shade school. No, that, 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 that's that's fine here. <laughs> <laughs> right, like all the things. Um, but but this was also that time to yeah. you know pass yourself. It was very that. Right. I love that you said it and said it in that way because that's how I felt. Like, hmm. all right, you've been in school for a great majority of your life. Like, what did you learn outside of the book stuff? Right. Like, what did you learn about responsibility? What did you learn about, like, doing away with things that are no longer serving you? You know, like, so I think that that's a, a lot of um, the changes that I made, too. It's kind of like, I, because I had graduated. Right. And had done the things that you're supposed to do at these certain ages and was mm-hmm. still feeling like I'm unfulfilled. Yeah, and I think that's the most shared experience of anyone that's the most shared experience of people in this country in general mm-hmm. is the feeling of whatever it is, whether it's school, whether it's professionally, this feeling of I did what I'm supposed to do and I still feel like this, mm-hmm. like that, this like being sold a, a faulty bill of goods, basically. Sure, sure. Um, like you and then lied. Been, yeah. And the thing is, is that like <laughs> someone did lie, but most of the time you're lying to yourself because That's the it's thing. a really nice thing to be able to delay when you have to actually address the thing that's wrong. That's the that's right? the part. That's the part. And, You're and always it, appointing somebody else, right? Like yeah. you were born with that chakra system and that body and this energy, and you were born with all of those things, hmm. and yet you appoint all your power to somebody else, like an ins- institution yeah. or a job or all the— and you don't—like, is this making you happy? Is yeah. this filling you up? Is this triggering you in a way? Is your intuition telling you that this is not right for you? Yeah. And it, and I think what's tricky is sometimes you can see how that's operating like within one structure. So you leave it, but then you crave the structure. So you find another pathway. Yeah. So I'm wondering for you now stepping into, for as crude as it sounds, like an entertainment industry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's another space that people turn to for validation and structure and like you make it to a certain level and then supposedly all your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there any lessons you learned from getting to the end of that other pathway and it not doing that for you that you're trying to apply as you kind of move through this new space? Mm, that's a good ass question. Oh, <laughs> man. We can change the name of the show. There go the good ass question. <laughs> that's a great question. That's, that's a, a good question. name for that's a good yeah. ass name for a podcast. Yeah. That's a good that's a good name for a podcast. You're welcome. Yeah, someone take that and run yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have time for it. I know. You're doing but, uh, I know. Very that, right? I the want time. a supervising producer credit on it. Yeah. Uh the time. The the time is so interesting. I I feel um again, you know, when the the first question, just just being able to like I asked for this, <laughs> you know. This is what this was what I asked for. I asked for um, to work in my industry and to essentially like make my job, being the mm. rap librarian, being a rapper librarian, being this person that like creates. Ah, okay. Now, all right, now all the right. Instagram. Because I was sense. getting all right, all right. Thank you. 
Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. Because <laughs> like I didn't know that that was the name and yeah. that, but just get in the, you work at the library, but we're going to get to that. All right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. So, so that's what I, you know, that's really, um, that's what I asked for. And it takes a lot of work. I realized that a lot of the work that I do outside of the library, um, especially since Blackie has come out, been working in the morning. Thank you guys for scheduling this. <laughs> and also after, you know, after work and and doing both of, you know, doing both of them, but really shaping to ultimately like one day be my own boss. Like what right. does that look like? Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, even me going toward, you know, an entertainment industry, I think that I'm entertaining, but uh, all of it is a redefinition. And I know that I will have to depend on the entertainment industry, the music industry, but it's ultimately me um, being empowered enough um, to really create and and be fulfilled by what I'm doing, which is like, you know, writing rhymes and making albums and then making videos and then seeing where else my creativity kind of like wants mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. So it's another world um, that a lot of people feel as though that doesn't have much structure. I'm not really necessarily trying to be a part of that world. Yeah. I'm just trying to like create a, a new world that is fitting for me because, mm-hmm. um, you know, people are, talking to me from from labels and right. and all these things and I'm just kind of like I don't know if that's that's right. that's not, that wasn't the right. plan either right <laughs> um I'm I'm really just trying to uh be free and define what that means out here yeah. I'm not really trying to yeah, be make make your own life yeah, yeah. trying yeah. to make my own life I'm just trying to make a life it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard huh so, yeah. so uh, yeah I want to go back and like when you projected the vision of the rap librarian because mm-hmm. those things just haven't gone together before i don't think i think right. that is a new space so i want to i want to i want to dig deeper into that so when at, what what came first right like did you always have a passion for what is it li- librarianism Libra- librarian librarianship <laughs> librarianship <laughs> but i'm not opposed to librarianism <laughs> well that's the theoretical framework exactly yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> so we're getting there you're ahead yeah. of your time damon <laughs> so yeah so you know, give damon 3 months there will be a whole theory behind oh, yeah, it yeah 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 i'm coming i'm coming Libra- librarian cuz i'm already like what does the rap library look like <laughs> right that's, exactly well that's, that's why my gift. eyes were so big when you talked about you know the space the the breathing room space and what we were talking about earlier um so we have a library yes i know but you you know i found it when i was there (laughs) you know i did i was like this is gorgeous gorgeous space but yeah let's go back to like how you that's a very that's a niche if you've ever yeah i mean if you're like i'm creating the life that i want to live and the two pieces of that that work kind of in tandem but also live separately are uh, being a librarian and being a rapper, like, yeah, wh- which, how did those become the two pieces that you were striving for? How did those merge? Crazy, because this was not something that you kind of like pick up. And now, even speaking about it, uh, both of them were were extremely prevalent in my life very early on. My parents met at a library. I've been telling this story. Mm. My parents met at a library. My mm. mother was, you know, when, when um, so my mother used to, Work at Solzer Library, which is north, uh, mm-hmm. Lincoln and, and Montrose. Oh, yeah. Um, but when she was um, trying to be promoted, 
She went to the big library downtown that was not the Harold Washington mm-hmm. Library. It was the Cultural Center. And mm-hmm. she was going in to interview there. My dad was like working at the desk and, you know, wow. whatever. So they so they literally real, real met at Chicago a library. Historical. It's like, <laughs> yes, that. very that, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh their first date was was Purple Rain. They're they're divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but they but went to go see Purple Rain as, the first. as wow. their first date. I wonder how she many, tells me what what uh, she what she wore, which is like, oh, okay, so that's where I got my swag. Check. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a whole generation of people that's who their birth. first date was going to see Purple Rain. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, yeah. So yeah, I wonder like the second how many Purple Rain babies there are though. Right? Mm. Like you could start like a little support group, <laughs> <laughs> people whose parents met or first date. Yo, <laughs> that's funny. I, Mike died. Muhammad Ali died. A lot of people passed away. And Prince was like the only star I've cried for. That was the Mm. one. How about for you? Anyone who's gotten the tears? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Bourdain Uh, got me. mm -hmm. Bourdain and Robin Williams were Mm -hmm. the two. I mean, so I mean, you know, Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson. I was probably just what was I, like fifteen. So th- this Mac Miller was yeah that was one I, that I, was I cried big. for that one. This too. was yeah. probably the the one that was like like I saw the whole thing you yeah, know mm-hmm. and like this was my generation yes. you know because yeah. like you know the Prince and the even though it's too soon they still were older than us. Sure, you, you, you've heard of people passing in their fifties and like it's, but like and you didn't grow up with them right? And, yeah, but right. to like watch him and like ah yeah that, this one has been. Yeah. Even though I'm, you know, it was only like one or two projects that I was like super tough with with Mac, but it was his personality. That's what I was gonna spoke, say. Spoke I to didn't really listen way. to a lot of his music at all, but I loved his personality. He seemed like beloved. Yeah, yeah he was the shit. Yeah, it's always been funny, like for that. And I felt this with Bourdain also. The amount of people who I would not have, not that they would be anti, but just like the role that these individuals played for so many people. It's very bizarre, and it, it's a very, like, right now thing that people who are really, really famous really personally impact people. Mm-hmm. And, and there aren't, like, five famous people. There's, like, a lot of famous people, so mm-hmm. everyone kind of has, like, their squad their of famous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's crossover in ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like, you know, I didn't know... I didn't talk about Mac Miller with very many people. Yeah. Like, it just went... And then seeing all of these folks kind of come out of the woodwork afterwards. It's it's like a kind of macro scale of what happens when you lose a loved one and you go to the funeral and you're like, oh, all these people knew this person in a different way yeah. and they meant something different to all these different people. Yeah. Um, it's just a strange... It's a thing that like I don't think has ever happened before culturally. You like might like mourn the king dying. Everyone knows who the king is, but everyone didn't know like oh that that court jester. He was really like he spoke to me. You know, yeah, you might get down to a duke or something. Perhaps a duke. <laughs> but to get back to get back on track and the, those two kind of kind of coming together hand in hand. Um, so we got the the, the family library lineage. Um, yeah. Where was the, where was kind of the music lineage? Same place, and the you know, and the family, and in the house, and my mom used to, my mom and grandmother used to um, listen to uh, Whitney Houston and like write her lyrics down to mm. learn them. Mm. It was like that deep. That's mm. a real process, right? It's a there. process. It's yeah, its yeah. own process. My family really loves lyrics and singing along to mm. the songs, and you know, it's that season. So Thanksgiving is about to be here, and Christmas is about to be here, and when we get together, we sing. That's our thing. A huh. lot of people play games. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people of course, argue. 
<laughs> right, right. We sang, we sang songs. We mm. sang songs. And so um, I think that that's where I got the writing from, the learning of the lyrics. Um, you know, the gener- being the generation after my mom, I never really wrote other people's lyrics down to learn them, but I can listen to a song and learn that song. And then that shaped me wanting to, of course, like deliver my own messages and um, use song to kind of like do that. And then now I'm finding, you know, to like find myself um, because it's uh, because it's artistry. And I really was trying to like develop these skills, you know, to be a good rapper, like technically. And now I'm realizing that, I'm using rap to like find out more about hmm. who I am, mm-hmm. right? And um, and so yeah, it's always been this thing that I've kind of grown up with. I didn't think about the name until I was, you know, in my last semesters of school, um, and we had to create a portfolio, a portfolio of like the work that we did. And so I, you know, made a website, Rapbrarian, which. I took down because I was like operating two websites. Mm. You want to talk about expensive? Yeah. Expensive. No. But I'm going to bring it back up because that needs to exist. This podcast is not sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> the only one in the world not sponsored by Squarespace. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I need to hit Squarespace up because I was definitely giving them a lot of my coin mm-hmm. every month for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but that needs to exist. So I, I'm going to um, bring that back. I think I just canceled it maybe a few a few. Uh, months ago. Anyway. Um, People are calling for it. <laughs> We've been getting emails, tweets. Once we said we had you on the show, they're like, where is rapbrarian.com? <laughs> where is it? It used to exist. No, I'm going to just start that back up. But yeah, I um, I started playing with it as, as a website and turned that in. And I was just like, oh, you know, this is fun. It's cute, whatever. And then I changed my name to it. And then I'm just like, oh, no, this is this is like a I thing. It's yeah. a concept. Yeah, yeah, this is a thing. And so yeah. I really do. Uh, I want to work on a, a show um, that is kind of like spinning off of a podcast that I made called Reading Came First. And I've been talking with Britannica about um, making this show with me called mm-hmm. Rapbrarian. Um, we'll see how it how mm-hmm. it pans out. I have been talking to, uh, to, to them, though, about doing this show called Reading Came First, which was the uh, name of my podcast that I did about 10 episodes of, mm-hmm. and then realized, oh, you just want to use, you just want to be on a mic. You just want to yeah, like, yeah. so you might as well just go back to rapping. What are we messing around here for? <laughs> I commend you doing a regular podcast because I did it, and it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of work. People don't really realize that putting a podcast together is a lot of work. iTunes is littered, I say this all the time, iTunes is littered with three episode good ideas. Yes. People have a great idea for a show, they do three episodes, and then they're like, whew. Oh, that was. I'm not doing that every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we. Uh, I don't rap, so what else am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> you still want to be on mic? Yeah, you know yeah. There you go. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but you were you were talking a little bit about that, like wanting to get good technically, and then once you kind of hit a certain point, it sounded like then being like, okay, I have these chops. What do I actually want to discover about myself, or what do I actually want to create? Did it feel like this past year was when, like your taste level matched your skill level and you're like, oh, finally, I can like do the things that I want to do? Um, taste level, I do have a, I do have, um, I do have pretty good taste when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have pretty good taste when it comes to life. That's not, that's just real. Yeah. I'm a Libra and, you know, my, 
a sign is kind of like a librarian. Yeah, that was I was gonna ask. So the root, root <laughs> words were were in the same in the same ballpark. You mm. would imagine. Is there anything in Libras related to books? Yes, of course. That would make sense. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, it's uh, wisdom and, but also beauty, mm. right? Venus kind of like supports all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the planet that uh, rules over my sign is Libra. So Allegedly. Communi- <laughs> <laughs> right. I, you know, we, we can't speak with certainty here. Allegedly. <laughs> Venus, yeah. <laughs> I know that's where it comes from all the time. Like, prove this yeah. with science. I've, um, are you? We. I don't think we've really talked about this. Mm-hmm. I'm like low, lightweight skeptical, but have space for it because enough people in my life talk about horoscopes and sure. astrology mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You're clearly right on board with some some astrological. Oh understanding. yes, yeah. You need to fo- follow Chani Nicholas. I love her. I bought bought my reading for this new moon and. It was basically like what she sent this morning was just like a receipt. Mm. I was ready to listen to it on my way mm-hmm. over here. And then it was mm. just like, oh, no, it'll be coming to you like at nine o'clock tonight. I'm like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do until then? <laughs> Dane, where do you fall where on, do I the, say on with the it? astrological spectrum? Um, I've definitely like grown. And so here's what, what I think causes skepticism just in the world. Not for everything, but mm-hmm. like around this and like that I've dealt. It's, it's, I think it is the absolutism with which people use the concepts and ideas. Sure. Especially without like the, the without nuance. Uh, so, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm really trying to learn more about astronomy mm-hmm. and I'm very interested in the relationship and the overlap between astrology and astronomy uh, because, you know, I think we are, if anything, products of and perpetually being shaped and defined by our environment and our environment goes beyond the planet Mm -hmm. and so where the planet is in you know the globe you know the universal world obviously has to have some effect right like if if our body is 70 percent water and the moon controls the tides hello i was just about to say that very good (laughs) exactly obviously there has to be some effect uh but i think it is um much more ephemeral and like uh, complicated and like yeah. no one can see what I'm doing with my fingers but like fluttering out mm-hmm. and I think uh, the human brain wants to then put it back into a box which is kind of like weird because like it's kind of a, a, a contradiction because like astrology thinkers are usually outside of the box but yeah. I, I think it is trying to contain something it's just that, a slightly bigger box yeah I think it's I think <laughs> I think what it is attempting to articulate is something greater than the capacity of human consciousness at this point <clears throat> so it's limited but I think it's on to something, right? Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Sun Times horoscope, that was me in high school. Mm. <laughs> mm. Which is, you know, um, very sun sign. Mm. Um, the way that Chani Nicholas does no, it. No, it's the Sun Times. <laughs> the Sun Times and <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Sun sign. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but she but talks, she talks about a sky setup, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, your sun was here. Um, but there's also a rising sign. It it tells you where everything was mm-hmm. and how that affects your life, mm-hmm. basically. And like, so just imagine these planets as personalities. I know that there's a lot of mythology in it. You know, Marvel kind of like follows it sometimes. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you think about like, uh, I think it was Wonder Woman when they talk, talked about Aries mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. like the god mm-hmm. of, um, or Aries ruling Mars. And that is like the the god of, 
war and mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a we don't have to do a whole no, astrology I, 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 thing. I mean, but and I, I definitely it. it's Capricorns who have invisible airplanes, as well. <laughs> <laughs> which is the worst superpower of all time. That's that's a very hack joke, but it, it's very funny to me. <laughs> yeah, they decided not to go with that for the movie. <laughs> they were like, we're getting rid of this invisible is... airplane. <laughs> I want to make sure we answer a question because I think that would be very annoying as a listener if we asked a question then interrupted you and didn't give you a chance to actually answer it. Mm. The, the skill and taste level thing, like, do you oh. feel, like did it recently feel like you? can now make the things that you were hearing in your head because you have the chops for it. I don't know if I want to tell my secrets. Mm. <laughs> well, of course, you don't have to. Um, but, but no, you know, it's not just it's not between really, us. It's not, it's, it's really not that, you know, if, if, I, if this podcast can make somebody better, then, of mm-hmm. course, I realized that I would never be the rapper that I wanted to be if I didn't clear my mind. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, I, I had an, I had a, imagination about uh and a vi- not even an imagination but a, but a vision of kind of who I want it to be and then you start to think about how you're spending your time yeah. and what you're doing and if you'll be able to do that and me I would I would never be able to be the vision of myself that I wanted without um you know introducing some discipline yeah. into my character and introducing some things and like again, letting go of some of the things that were no longer serving me. Mm. And uh, alcohol was not serving me in, you know, really any positive ways. And beyond it, like, uh, bothering my spirit and my soul, it was also, you know, affecting me doing the thing that I really liked doing. Yeah, I'm not doing this well, so... Get yeah, and the alcohol one is clear, and it's kind of what Damon asked earlier. But for are there were there other things, or let's go to the present. Are there things now that you're feeling like are kind of cluttering your spirit that you're trying to figure out how to kind of get rid of? Like, do you feel clear now to do the things, or are there, you still trying to get some some baggage out of there? Nope. You, you Supreme. Feel <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel figured it out. I feel great. <laughs> There's there has never really ever been a lot of things that that just yeah. that just bother me it really wasn't it was that it yeah. was that and i know that i'm you know privileged and lucky in that way there are a lot of things that people you know can't cut through um right. when it comes to themselves that was that one thing and and even if other things come up I feel like I've developed and put some things in my toolbox to be able to kind of like handle this mm-hmm. this thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but before that, that was that was in the way. It was in the way. It was a and and people and it's not like this thing where you're like blackout, fall over, drunk. Yeah. It wasn't that. But mm-hmm. going back to my reading, you know, and and astrology, she's just like I've gotten three or four different readings from three or four different people, and they've said. You're, you should stay away from, you know, mind altering things, Mm -hmm. you know, and other people can do that. Other people's charts and planets are set up in a different way where they can, you know, engage and have a really good time with this. The way that I'm set up, a a very small thing, you know, can bother me, Hmm. can bother me. The older I'm getting, I'm realizing like, I just can't put certain things in my body. Like I feel it immediately, you know, but we're so used to kind of like, dumbing ourselves down mm-hmm. and like depending on outside things yeah. um that just we don't kind of like quiet <clears throat> things a little like just take a little bit of the volume down yeah we don't know how to use our bodies yeah we don't listen well hmm. uh 
So this is making me think, did y'all see the uh, Angie Martinez, J. Cole interview? No. They did on Salam Remy's house. No, that sounds about, great, though. It, it was It was super dope. So, you know, his the whole KOD thing is talking about addiction and substance and, you know, he's getting to a more meditative state. I know. <laughs> Came out after Blackie. I'll talk to you, J. Cole. I see you So the, the thing from, from, that, from that, like... I hear he's opening a library, too. <laughs> We got real beef. Uh-huh. <laughs> we can get to the beef How early here. How dare you? <laughs> if anyone's but, bringing books, it's going to be you. Ain't <laughs> hey, none of y'all niggas reading. <laughs> I'm the reader. Unless I say so. <laughs> Bite my stuff. Yes. Um, but one thing that, that he said that really, so he was like, he was articulating a lot of themes that like, you know, I think. Uh, in connection with our conversation now and have been resonating in my my own life. Yes. Um, and one thing that was like really dope and powerful, uh, you know, because he was even talking about social media as an addiction, mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. alcohol, you know, we everything. And so he started with like the practice of abstaining and like, you know, keeping things out of his life. And then he even realized like that was, mm-hmm. there was still some power over because like, it's like, oh, that's not getting over the thing, right? Yes. Like just removing myself yeah. from it. You're yes. still defining yourself in relation to right? it. Like, yes. So can I engage in a way where I can maintain it, right? So it's one thing to be like, you know, I'm not drinking, so I'm not going out. Yes. Right? And then it's another thing to go out and then not drink. And then it's another thing to like be able to have some balance. So, yeah. you know, you started by saying it was a difficult choice or a fear because, you know, you know, the culture, the, you know, the, the gay the gay and club uh, dialectic, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, that's and, a thesis, right? And there. so, at at some point, was it difficult to reemerge? And then, did were you able to? I'm projecting, but like, were you able to break through that and and be able to engage the environment mm-hmm. that is built around something that you have identified as unhealthy for you? Sure, I. Uh, it's it's really funny and amazing to watch like the universe support you. This is, you know, going back to your first question, um, which was, I didn't know how I was going to be like presenting new music. I haven't put out an album in five years, hadn't put out an album in five years. And and every performance and album that I put out before that, I was like on stage, you know, probably with a drink in my hand on stage. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm just kind of like, how am I about to be out here, yeah. you know, with like not being able to use alcohol as this crutch that, you know, I was under some illusion was making me better. And I've been on stage a couple times, you know, like earlier when, on my first album, like drunk, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like so many of us just do that. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's not making it's not making you better. Um, <clears throat> You're just suppressing your fear. You're suppressing you know? your fear. Right. And it's just like, Maybe. use those, use those nerves, you know, use the <laughs> nerves for like good. Right. Yeah, um, that's real. It is. And so, and so it was, so it was, it was that, and I was able to, you know, do a one book, one Chicago with uh, Chicago public library mm-hmm. and like present these uh, songs because the, the one book, one Chicago at the time was Mavis Staples. I'll take you there. Mm. And um, it was about the staple singers and them, you know, pops coming from Mississippi, which is like my story tied right in there. Right. So it was perfect. And now I'm able, now I'm like literally rapping my album 
at libraries, you know, and for, they just don't have bars for the for the for like for the program. Yeah, that's and, perfect. And and so I'm able to kind of like penetrate a space that I have hadn't ever even been in. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're really the rap brarian. Like, you're yeah. rapping at the library, <laughs> but I didn't have to worry about. Um, I didn't have to worry about drinking, and I didn't have to mm-hmm. worry about that that pressure. Right? It's you don't even have to. Don't even worry about that identity no more. We're mm-hmm. about to build a new identity for mm-hmm. you, right? We're about mm-hmm. to put rap in these, you know, non traditional spaces. We're about to do something new. We're about to break some new ground, right? Yeah. And that was very important for me to understand because it made me understand about like there is space for you. That goes back to the first question you were talking about. It's just like I'm not leaving no more selves behind, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that's what I felt like. It was just like, oh well, you don't don't bring the rapper to the <laughs> library, right? right. Or don't talk about um, the library when you're rapping. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring the you library know, to the show. Yeah, yeah. Don't it's like don't merge these things. And literally everything, literally everything, which whether it be um, my identity and who I choose to love, yeah. or um, me being black, or me being uh, a librarian, rap. It wasn't until I put all those things together that was the key. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was the key, and it was which makes sense because it's the most honest. It's the most honest, allowing the parts to become the whole. Right, yeah. exactly. So exactly. Let, let's go into the concept of the of the project, which I know has been out for a little while. It's for those who have not heard it, you should go check it out. It's really, really, really good. Um, and you said kind of the the narratives, the twin narratives with the Mavis Staples book. Can you just give a little bit of a rundown of kind of the the context context or the structure of the project of my project? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, what's the story you're telling? <clears throat> the story I'm telling, my grandmother passed away in 2016. And another source of anxiety for me, like my, what I don't say a lot, which I'm realizing is that my grandmother was um, paralyzed for maybe the last, like, third of her life. Mm. Um, she, like, fell out of a window mm. and, you know, was confined to a wheelchair until she passed away. And, um, sorry. And so that was one of the things that I that I also thought about just like after she after she passed I was just like you know you're laying up here on the couch like on a Monday or something like that and you're not using your legs right now so you have mm. that was one of the you know anxious mm. thoughts that crossed my mind beyond being like hungover and like not in alignment was like your grandmother um, couldn't walk, but I bet you if she could have, she would have. You know what I mean? Like at this at this moment, like like what? Just just that, right? Like being grateful for the use of your limbs. Like what would you do? What would you do if you couldn't? You know, mm. walk yeah. today. Yeah, if you couldn't walk today. So the the things that we take for granted, we could talk about the music industry, entertainment industry, all these you know, all these other things. I'm just like talking about like walking or like using your fingers, like. These things that we take, these take for granted. So anyway, she passed away um, and I really started doing what we call shadow work, um, which was like doing a a excavation and an inventory of um, my spirit and soul and really trying to understand who I was beyond like, you know, a degree or uh, materials and yeah. property and all these things like who like who are you you know like who are you and then I was able to kind of like come up with 
with the album. I'm somebody that is connected to their ancestors. I'm connected to my grandmother, obviously. You know, <laughs> we made a whole album, but but that but that was one of the relationships that I really really cherished. I used to go to my grandmother's house and we would, you know, sit up and drink beers and listen to Sam Cooke and and she made me understand that Aretha Franklin was the Beyonce of her time, <laughs> pretty much, which I hadn't really put together. I'm like, you know, spell it out for me, Grandma. Oh, I get it out. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think we have the time for it now. I just want to put this little carrot out there for Ergo listeners. At some point, y'all have to remind me. I have to tell the story about when Aretha Franklin cursed out my grandma. Oh my god. We're not gonna. We're not gonna go into it now. No, it's just a little teaser. No, no, no. The, okay. The story is. I'm. I'm. I'm enthralled. So I want to. I don't want to interrupt. I need to hear that story, <laughs> Damon. I think you should. All right. I tell did the it. story. This is like prime Aretha, right? Like this, this, this might not even be the seventies yet. Like this is like late sixties, early seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, so my 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 grand he was technically my my step grandfather, but my grandfather who passed a while while back. He came up in Idlewild, or he had a lot of connections. His family had a lot of connections to Idlewild in Michigan, and right. So a lot of the Detroit, you know, Motown folks, you know, had connections there. So like. His sister or cousin or something, somebody like very close family, like grew up with a re- like sang in the church choir, like our family friends. So it's the you know she's in town, maybe at the Chicago theater or something, and so it's like the the post kickback joint, like right. It's like everybody come through. It's like come chill to read the you know not you know not the club, not like a meet and greet thing. This is like yeah. intimate space. Yeah. Um. And so my my grandmother is you know. Is white passing, uh, <laughs> and so you know, uh, I guess Aretha and her husband at the time, husband manager, <laughs> had a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> to, to put it mildly, and, she, and, and you know, she was drinking at the time. You know, everybody was drinking. It was the sixties, seventies, yes, yes. uh, and as, as that has been the theme, of, <laughs> yeah, of, of yeah. we have inherited some legacies that we are <laughs> yes, trying to, yes. to undo. Very, um, oh my god! So within like the first five to seven minutes, you know, me, you know, it's like cold. Like she's not rocking with my grandma at. Um, And so I guess her husband had a thing for white women. And so in her mind, in like her drunken state, um, had calculated that this is not JT's woman. This is whoever her husband, manager dude is. He playing some game. He think he's slick. Mm-hmm. He trying to sneak this white bitch in. <laughs> this is this is the language, you know, <laughs> with somebody with JT thinking it's thinking it's cool. And so like. <laughs> It, in the middle of like getting upset about something, she was like snapping at him, and then just start turning, just start cursing, at, not at, not cursing my grandma out specifically, but she was the subject of the curse out oh to her god. husband in the room. Mm-hmm. If y'all don't get this white bitch out of here, blah oh blah, blah, my blah, god, it just like imagine, and like my grandmother did tell us this story. Until like nine months ago, <laughs> so this is not like a family legend that like we've been growing she up just with. Carried she, that. We just forgot. Yes, for, yes. She's she remained an Aretha friend, like it, like <laughs> the music, <laughs> and we're just like, you know, and this is why she's still alive. We're, we're hearing the story. It's like, yo, grandma, like, wait. 
it like it didn't start like you know Aretha Franklin cursed me out. You just started with like yeah I met her this one time and then it like evolved. <laughs> right. Wait, you got you got cursed out and kicked out by Aretha Franklin <laughs> and I didn't know. So yeah, I meant to tell that story. That's that's legendary. That that's, is legendary. Yeah, that's who else's grandma got cursed out by? Aretha Franklin? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of white <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. I think that's suburban the, kids out here. Like, yeah, Aretha Franklin. She was just, <laughs> just, me just too. walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if there was one celebrity who would, if there was one celebrity who you would want to be cursed out by, who would it be? Ooh, great! <laughs> That's, That's a great a name. <laughs> well, you would enjoy it. You would still listen to the music yeah. or watch the movies Cardi. or whatever. Yeah. Okay, that'd you'll be take fun. that. Because mm-hmm. that's like that's appropriate to Brea. Yeah. I, I love you for the cursing out. So like yeah. give yeah. that to me. I'll yeah. take some of that. <laughs> yeah, nobody treats you like Cardi does. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. Because the thing about Cardi, like I'd laugh at I'd I'd laugh at that one. I'd immediately be over that one. But there's other there's other people that I'd probably be offended so, by. So so Cardi is interesting <laughs> because she comes in like the the linear you know, there's there was a character that maybe started with New York, the 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 from Flavor of Love mm-hmm. character, but like the like the prototype of like the black woman explosive like monkey wrench to whatever the reality show. Mm-hmm. Cardi is the one that like it's like no, you're actually right. Like maybe maybe I wouldn't use those tactics, right. but you're not tweaking. Like you're actually right profound in the things yeah. that you stand up against. She's, she's, and that's the difference. That's why she is one right. of the reasons why she's famous because right. it's not just spectacle. It's not just like, drama. Look at this nah, person she's, being out of pocket. I mean, the other thing is I've never really watched, you know, Me Love neither. and Hip Hop. I've never ever. seen her on Love and Hip Hop. But, but, but on her, yeah, on her Instagram and her interviews, she's got this, I mean, she's a Libra too. Thank you. Mm. Uh, but she's got, she's got this charm. She's got a charm to her that I, that I yeah. really, really like. Um, yeah. And, she, and, and you know, people are great actors. I don't know if she's an actor or not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I'm pretty good at, you know, spotting an actor. I can't mm-hmm. say that she's real mm-hmm. or not, but I don't feel like, you know, no, she's it feels, fake. It yeah, feels genuine. Yeah. It feels like she's being herself. And so And she put out a call for all of the gangs of New York to run a uh white nationalist rally out of suburban New York, <laughs> which I like. Really? Yeah. She was just like, all right, she like named all the gangs by name. She's like, come to this spot on this date and we're gonna run them out of town. I don't know what happened. I would what? like to know what happened. <laughs> I think what happened is that it was a mistake of where the thing was. <laughs> like, I, I think classic. I think Cardi. it was like it was like something. I don't know. It was like the name. It was like the name of the city that was the same as the name of a neighborhood in New mm. York, and so it was like happening somewhere else. That's just a very. But the fact that she was ready, members. right? <laughs> classic. They classic. wanted a powwow anyway. Yeah, let's, let's make a day out of it. <laughs> Have a picnic. <laughs> I like that though. I like that. Oh, Cardi for president. Absolutely. So before we before we get out of here, I I want to talk a little bit about now with the album out in the world and some of these doors starting to open up. Um, you know, whether it's in poetry, books, or music, or a lot of times like people's first full thing that a lot of people encounter the thing that first puts them on the map is something that's very autobiographical or kind of like a coming of age story Mm. um that's kind of like a a trope that i see a lot um and then once they've told the story that is their whole life then they have to figure out okay now what do i tell (laughs) yeah um so what are the stories that you're trying to figure out how to tell right now Mm. uh the more roy ep dropped on Mm -hmm. monday Mm -hmm. which is very that's 
that was what like this time gave me the impetus to be like we have to have you on mm, heard, really oh, this is excellent yeah oh thank you yeah 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 thanks that's um i felt like that was a really really great follow up to blackie and um it was great for the time because I'm I am, you know, I wrote myself out to the <laughs> Hamilton. Um, I'm really trying to figure that out, right? And so I love that Blackie is being appreciated. Um, but when you think of songs like Jungle Book and RBG and all that, um, I really want to understand better um the power of knowing your story right and telling a story and telling this story but like and also like what mm-hmm. else i don't want to um i'm i'm really going to be applying this power that i learned how to use those things that i was putting yeah. in my toolbox and it's just like well let's see exactly exactly what it is mm-hmm. um and so i know that it is a story of abundance i know that you know i come from great great people Hmm. right and um i know that blackie was like the preface Hmm. you know of the of the book (laughs) i know i know that and i didn't and i don't think that i knew that when i finished it Hmm. but when i you know i'm studying for my new album um, i like that I'm yeah. studying for my new album. Yeah, yeah I'm You're studying. I'm getting studying. ready to pass yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, um, I'm studying for my new album and and realizing that, you know, Blackie really just scratched the surface. If we could even call it that, like this is a deep story. And when it comes to Roy Kinsey, um, in my charts. In my readings, you know, uh, beyond the communication and beauty and like, you know, a wisdom and a talent, there's um, a need for justice and like Mm. quality, right? And as long as you know, people are being done wrong. I'm going to have some shit to say. Did you say quality or equality? (laughs) I said I I said equality, equality. Equality. Yeah. so as long as there are humans not being like treated yeah. well, mm. there will be something for me to there will be something for me to talk about. Hmm. And that's what I realized. That was the difference between my other albums and this album. Because yes, this this album Blackie is very autobiographical, uh, you know. Um, but it's not just me, right? right? Like I'm telling the story of black folks on American soil. Yeah. Um and that's the thing that I think that it's connecting because I'm connecting, you know, taking my heart out and, and connecting it with other people's, but I'm t- I'm like, yo, this is this has a lot to do with yeah. what we're experiencing right now. How how are we not talking about this story? It's something that I think about all the time. I'm like, yo, we talking about the 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 book that inspired the album was uh, an, another one book on Chicago, which was The Warmth of Other Suns. And when I was, hmm. you know, reading that book with um, and doing <clears throat> programming, I call, I jumped on the phone with my grandmother. Right. And this was, you know, years before she had passed away. This was four or five years ago. And I asked her her story. And yeah. so she didn't, I don't think my grandmother, my grandmother didn't use the words, the great migration. She didn't say <laughs> I was part of that wave. Right, she didn't right, say, right, right. you know, and so many black folks don't, talk about it like that right. 
we we're going to the north. We're going to Chicago uh-huh. because we can't do it here, right? Yeah, it's the difference between can't. memory and history. <laughs> yes, like that codifying of it. Of this is what it was. It was this wave. It was the single thing, as opposed to like no, these are just the choices that we made that I remember. Right. So, and so when I remember, sorry. And so when mm-hmm. I remember my when I remember or talk to my grandma, I'm like, oh, she was a <laughs> she was a part of the wave of a great of the great migration. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this is this is speaking to me in a yeah. different way, yeah. you know. Um, and, and it so, probably wasn't that great, you know. And there's so much about that that's history. So funny, yes. That we, got it, that, yeah. we that we really have, like, because we just got the name. I don't know when they first started calling it that. I don't know when that dropped, <laughs> <laughs> but, but fairly recently, <laughs> it is so like it's it's really unfathomable, like the the, the mass, the, the number, especially because it, it spanned over decades. And it's something we just gotta like reset. We yeah. uh, we had a. Uh, you know, Kari, we had an episode with Kari a few weeks back. And we were also talking about the Great Migration and, like, his people came towards the end and it was, like, not in the, like, historical, you know, It was, like, in posts. the 60s, yeah. Yeah, like, 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that wasn't quite the Great Migration, but it was the decent migration. <laughs> <laughs> so we just want to give that to as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah. It's just the right. most Chicago it's thing. It's just us doing like, our you know, job, yeah. The decent it's, migration. The decent migration. Yo, it's, it's very that... There's an album or there's a um, video coming out on Monday, the mm-hmm. 8th. Um, so it'll be out by the time this comes out so people can go watch it. Yes, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's coming out. And when I was um, really trying to think about the visuals that I wanted to put in this video, I started, you know, doing some more research and mm-hmm. realizing that this, you know, we thought that that was the last wave of the Great Migration. The Great Migration is still happening. Right. It's still happening. Yeah. More, you know, yeah. more than a hundred thousand Black folks have left Chicago within the last ten years. I think it's like close to two fifty. See, yeah. that's a you know that's a that's a large scale population yeah. shift of a huge group of people because then they went somewhere <laughs> because they went somewhere right because they went somewhere and and beyond them going somewhere it's the why yeah. right it's like why. Are you are you leaving? Just like when when we left the South, mm-hmm. you know, a, a guy um, uh, that Ta-Nehisi Coates interviewed um, for the case for reparations was basically mm-hmm. like, "Yo, I had to leave because I wanted the protection of the law." So he came to Chicago. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted the protection of the law. Yikes. Well, what does that mean? Right, right, what does right. that mean? That Funny means that, that happens, yeah. right, right. <laughs> that means that a you know a white person, a white cop, a judge, all these people. You know, they can do anything to you. This person can victimize you. This person can kill you. This person can do all these things to you and nothing happened to yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So he come, you know, came to Chicago only to realize that this is like a rebranded, mm-hmm. um, you know, racism mm-hmm. and um, this violence. And like, so you get into housing and all of that, right? Right. The same things are <laughs> happening here. Yeah. The same things are happening here where people are being victimized and having to move around and not being able to call this place that their families have been for so long and contributed so much. Yeah. This place is not home. Yeah. So I have to go, you know, and that's it's like perpetual, you know, yeah. like we're on this land for 400 years. That's the name of my album called 400. We're on this land for 400 mm-hmm. years plus, obviously, and mm-hmm. Still looking for a home. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. And you can actually even expand the scope of history past, you know, just this continent. Because <clears throat> I'm reading right now uh, it's the uh, destruction of black civilization from 4500 AD 
BC to 2000 AD by Chancellor Williams. Little Eric Gorey. It's it's a, it's like a it's it's in the canon of like black nationalist pan African literature by okay. Chancellor Williams. And one of the major themes of what he's saying is that black people, African people, have been migrating almost consistently hmm. from generation to generation for about three to five thousand years, <laughs> right? Like as the like eco- within the continent, yeah, as the, the continent, as the ecology the- of of the world, but as the you know the ecology of the the continent change because like <clears throat> the Sahara Desert is the size of the United States. And it was not always a desert. People lived there and had mm-hmm. to migrate out, right? Mm-hmm. And then the attacks around all of the coasts surrounding, people just having to perpetually migrate into the interior and then causing famine and then drought. And just, it has gone back at least like three to 4,000 years of like, mm-hmm. that is what we are built from. It's mm-hmm. always being on the move. Mm-hmm. And so as we're getting close to like, Maybe we're not getting close. Maybe we're going to have to keep moving. But like, as we're getting close to a place of like power and stability, like as we start to reflect on that story, yeah. uh, you know, it, there's something almost. It's it's like heartbreaking when you get into it. But right. then there's also something kind of exciting. There's a point of pride of survival, obviously, and there's a but power the, in, the, in that right. in that being yes. in that fugitiveness. Rick, yeah, uh, yes. Ricardo Gamboa talks about this a lot. Like that's a maronage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is. <laughs> oh, hey, Ricardo. Like oh, yeah, how do yeah, you yeah. how do you get beyond the idea of power being this is my my land my home I defend it yes right and so how do you look for other forms of power yes uh, and other forms of like communal identity rather mm-hmm. than like we share the resources of this one piece of land and mm-hmm. we are a tribe that protects this from everyone else it's it's like a different sense of power and you know I think about that a lot just because you know this idea of landlessness um, like what are the what are the new possibilities for power or for understanding uh, community that that opens up mm-hmm. when it's not tied to like protecting uh, a physical space. But th- I think like, and we're kind of moving toward that, you know, you're talking about those next, those next waves. That's kind of what's happening is um, as technology changes and I'm, I'm not going to go too deep down this road, but like everyone is farther uh, departed from their land now in general, like one, just fewer people own land. Uh, and two, um, like it, it doesn't mean the same thing that it did before. We're not and cultivating. So in the it's same part way. of why people are so confused hmm. is because this like structure of like I have my property and then you extend that to like the nation state, like that is becoming more and more obsolete. It's mm-hmm. not the it's not the like level that we make decisions on anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I right. think there's right. a lot of power to be taken and a lot of lessons to be learned from like what does it mean to have a people that is not tied to one group of land. Um, but you have to understand that, like, that is valid just and maybe more so than, like, this is our country. Yeah, can we move without all the trauma that has come with it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baggage. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, would, yeah. I, I, have, I need a drink. <laughs> so I have, I have one last question I meant to ask earlier. And I know we're running uh, uh, <laughs> And I know I'm, we're running a little long. And this is kind of out of order. To, like, we've gotten to a new place. Uh, but there's, there's – I really like your merch, right? I think it's it's super dope. You're rocking it as we speak. Thank you. Um, and it resonates with me because it's something that like I've there's a tension that I feel that I've been in relationship to, and like I hadn't found an answer, so I wonder where you are in like addressing this. So uh, in working with BYP 100, and then also you know the Let's Breathe Collective, having merch that's like super black, right? So blacky, right? Then we mm-hmm. had the BYP at the unapologetically black thing, and then um, you know through Let Us Breathe and my sister Christiana uh, Cologne, I should say her full name, uh, you know Black Sex Matters, and then there, we didn't really think about it, but then like what happens when non-black or specifically when white people buy these things and are wearing them? 
and there was no like real like like what do you do? Well, there's no like standard that we got to just like naming that. It was just beyond the imagination, I think, when it was produced sure. that other people would want it. Yeah. How do you deal with that? As like <laughs> you might have white people walking around with something that just says "blacky." Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. <laughs> oh, 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 it, right? Because like a white, white dude, let's, let's see white what dude, happens. A white dude walking around with black sex matters on his shirt, <laughs> unapologetically black, has happened a couple times. Yeah. What, 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 do, what do you think, though? What, what do you feel? What, what, you know, without. Um, you know, because you support people who are supporting you theoretically. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and thank you for everybody that's bought it. I think that it opens up the conversation that needs to be had, right? I have to do these things in, like, very small ways. Blackie is, um, you know, poignant and on time because it's, like, daring to have a conversation that we were trying to avoid Mm -hmm. and that we have avoided for a very, very long time. To disastrous effect. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so... And so... I think that, I mean, it happened to me. This is, my, you know, this is my merch. But this dude at the at the at the taco place uh, last week was just kind of like, "Oh yeah, this brand, like, is that that is this that brand? Like, that's a dope brand." He complimented the hat, mm-hmm. but this wasn't the brand that he was thinking of, right? Mm-hmm. But then it gave me the opportunity, to be, you know, to talk about this album and to talk about what it was, and and so um, I don't know. I I can't really reconcile that. I I did think about that. <laughs> When the yeah. first um, merch was being produced and my my guy who used to live here, used to run St. Alfred's, you know, mm-hmm. was designing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, so what about if, you know, like a white person, like, <laughs> what if a white person, like, you know, buys Blackie? And like, we, he was just like, oh, do you want to make some stuff that says whitey? I was just like, what? <laughs> you know, but it was like That's very funny but, but it was spinoff line. Yeah, but it was it was very that. It was just kind of like, you know, stand <laughs> stand strong in 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 what you're doing. It's 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 right. it, you, you know, gotta make you gotta make it and put something out in the world. Like you can't get it's the it sounds like, like well, what paralysis if, by analysis. Exactly, yeah. exactly, right? Like yeah. what what'll happen if a white person is wearing this blackie shirt or this yeah. blackie hat? Well, I don't you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Fit for yourself. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, yeah. I feel like we went all over the place in a great way. Are there any strands of a conversation that, like, because I think we also interrupted you a lot. Were there any pieces that you wanted to have a chance to respond to that we kind of, like, skipped over? Anything you want to go back to? Dude, does anything feel undone? <laughs> um, I don't really know. Like, not specifically. Um not specifically. I I like the there's a there's a few pieces, especially about uh, the you know the drinking and going back into those spaces and really trying mm-hmm. to figure it out, right? Because if you're abstaining, you know, feeling as though um, if you're abstaining for too long, you know, then that thing still kind of like has control over you. And something yeah. my partner and I talk about is, um, you know really figuring that part of it out because we because we do like to party yeah. right mm-hmm. and like that's a huge part of that is a huge part of my identity it's not mm-hmm. that that was made up right i right. do like to party and i do like um to 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 have a drink but the thing about it is i had to like learn these necessary things mm-hmm. about my personality that were um that were not 
you know, as obvious then, right? So I had mm-hmm. to, again, put things in my toolbox. I had to learn, you know, the importance of discipline. I had to learn the importance of, you know, clarity and mental clarity. I had to learn that there are, you know, there's more things to kind of like live for that are kind of beyond the party. So, I, so you know, a lot of people that are addicted, I listen to podcasts. I like have this app um, about, you know, being sober and all that. And they talk about, you know, you know, if you start talking about like going back or whatever, that's a relapse. You're beginning your relapse and all mm-hmm. that. But I've learned so many things, you know, I feel personally and I don't feel invincible. I know yeah. addiction is, you know, very difficult for people. Um, but I just feel like I'm a person that has, you know, learned so many more things and like um, implemented so many other things into my being that I'm just not that person anymore. I really yeah. feel and and have seen the value, right? Like I've put, you know, something to the test and then it came out like, yo, you yeah. know, just like don't drink for a year and see how your life can yeah, change. Like and then fasting. I like glowed yeah. up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'd never want to not be glowed up yeah, again. So, you know, so I'm like, yo, let's let's do that. Yeah, let's yeah. do that more. I'll never I don't I don't really see myself losing myself. Hmm. Like that no more. Hmm. Well, I'm excited to hear what the what what, what emanates from that glow. Thank um, you. Let's let's do what we it's what we time. are here to right. truly do. We're gonna invite you to a little game that is, um, a, you know, a heralded ergo tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we we've done some good work here. <laughs> we we've talked about <laughs> we talked about transformation. I'm scared. Uh, we got don't you'll, be scared. You'll be, you'll be okay. I like to call it the warm seat. Okay. So it's not the hot seat, right? It's the warm seat. It's the, it's the seat heater. You know, it's like it's actually a comfortable place to be. You're at a place of power here. You, <laughs> you, we, we are, we are welcoming, you, welcoming you on a journey that we have been taking for almost three years now. Uh, and the work does not end. So, you know, we've talked about grandparents. We, we've learned your lineage, uh, literacy. Many <laughs> themes have been touched. Mm-hmm. But now it's time to get to... The meat and potatoes of why we are here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ergo Radio is on a mission, uh, and accountability is our weapon. Mm-hmm. And there has been a sect of the world that, at least in my lifetime, has run amok. And we shall stand for it no longer. <laughs> no longer. We invite you to the, take this stand with us. And our tool is beef. So the game is beef with an R&B singer. <laughs> Because R&B singers, they went off the rails, and we're here to bring it back. So as a rapper, you know, if a rapper goes too far, there's some bars that's coming their way. There might be a diss track. Mm-hmm. There's some built-in accountability. Mm-hmm. Not for these R&B cats. <laughs> and so we here, we here are doing a mission for the people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So this week, we are playing Beef With an R&B Singer with Roy Kinsey. Okay. Who you got beef with and why? Any era. So we could go back... From Motown, David Ruffin on down. <laughs> Pre-migration, through the migration, <laughs> decent the migration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have beef with Aretha for cursing at the grandma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bravo. Rest Bravo. In peace, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I love it. Perfect. <laughs> Roy, grandma, we got your back. Absolutely, you grandma back, Diane. Grandma. We love you, you know I love some grandmas. <laughs> She's a big podcast listener. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. They for broadcasted at the boat. 
<laughs> that's that's the plug we yeah, need. That's what we I want to be over the PA in Hammond at the Horseshoe Casino, <laughs> building that fan that's base. Taking us to another level. Oh man, uh-huh. someday, yes. someday. We just got to stop drinking, get some clarity, really, good, <laughs> and we'll finally reach our nice. goals. Um, thank you so much for coming through and chopping it up with us. Where can folks find you and your work in the ways you want to be found? Yes, uh, thank you guys for having me. Of course, this was wonderful. Thank Aww. you. Um, Yes, uh, I'm Ratbrarian on Instagram, Roy Kinsey on Twitter, and uh, my website, Roy Kinsey, has, um, you know, all the blacky stuff, all the merch. Um, the music is mm-hmm. on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all of your streaming services, wherever you grab music from, it's there. You just type in Roy Kinsey, um, Blackie, or More Roy, which is the latest EP that dropped, 924, which was my birthday. Oh, Ooh, happy belated. Thank you. Thank We're you. Very close. Libra season. I'm, I'm the last day of the Yes, you are. Yes, I remember that. Yes, 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 yeah, Virgo. I've been told Good that, people. that I lean more into Libra. Mm. I've been told that I'm more Libra than Virgo. Sure. It's sure. a great cusp to be in. Okay. Yeah. It's a quality cusp. <laughs> quality cusp. <laughs> It is. It is. You good people. Right, right. I think Virgos Thank are some you. of the some of the best people. Um, Take that, everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very Virgo of you. <laughs> See, that's How about that? All other one eleventh or eleven twelfths of the population. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> beef with every uh, with every sign. Yeah. Yes. We'll be back next week, uh, starting beef with more random people and uh, sharing and showcasing another person reshaping the culture of our city. Roy, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you. Appreciate you. Much love to the people. Peace. Wait, wasn't y'all motherfuckers not clapping back there? Shotguns to your back, stay the fuck from round here. Trying to angle round town, trying to stay on my square. Shotgun to your back, stay the fuck from round here. Back when I was young, they was gunning my gear. Shotgun to your back, stay the fuck from round here. Wasn't y'all motherfuckers not clapping last year? Shotgun to your back, stay the fuck from round here. Made a made the check out, made a mail it to my house. Made the maid get the mail, you been paid for your hours. The maid is a male, he was made for the flowers. Took me 30 years to realize I was made with the powers. A smile is a protest, also wave at the cowards. The way ain't wade in the water, I'ma bathe in the flowers. Made in the dirt, gonna be laid in the flowers. Don't be late with the rent, 500,000 some hours. Wait, wasn't y'all motherfuckers not clapping? Back there, shotgun to your back, stay the fuck from round here. Trying to angle round town, trying to stay on my square. Shotgun to your back, stay the fuck from round here. So, you're listening to Ergo, right? But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.